Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Wife Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Defence Families of Australia, or DFA, is the official ADF Families Advisory Body to the Minister for Defence Personnel and Chief of the Defence Force. DFA aren't defence, which means they're independent and impartial and act in the best interests of ADF families. And now, more than ever, it's such a comfort to know that there is an organisation looking out for defence families and what's best for them. Welcome to the podcast, National Convener, Marie Sirawa. Thank you very much for having me back and providing another opportunity to talk to families. Marie, can you talk us through how everything is going for DFA in regard to COVID-19? Is it business as usual? What's happening for you guys? In terms of how we operate every day, it's largely business as usual because most of the executive work remotely for much of the time anyway. Normally, we hold a video conference altogether every month, but at this time, we are actually doing it every week so that as an executive, we can check in with each other and provide a point of connection and touch base on how things are going for our families. Advocacy for ADF families is important on a normal day, but how important is it during such an uncertain and ever-changing time? Have you had an increase in families contacting DFA during this time? How is it going at the moment? So you're right that advocacy is important, I think, more than ever at this time. And actually, before speaking to you right now, I was actually talking to the key person within Defence that I plug into Defence through to talk about what Defence is doing, what DFA is doing, what we're hearing from families, what we might do next. And I was also on a phone call with staff from Minister Chester's office because that's who I also am answerable to and providing feedback to Minister Chester's office. So yes, you're right that advocacy right now is important. And so obviously by you mentioning that you've been in regular contact with all of those people, it shows that there are people behind the scenes looking out for families. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is absolutely acknowledged by defence that this is a difficult situation for families and families are being considered. I guess, how can DFA advocate for families in the current situation? I will be having regular meetings with defence and also with the minister's office to advocate through to what families are saying in a general sense. And then our normal everyday advocacy is still continuing. So a lot of our individual advocacy does relate to removals and housing. And so we've still had a few of those cases coming through. So we are still doing those things. But related to COVID-19, it's really a matter of taking advantage of those linkages that I have into government and sharing what families are saying. So what are some of the examples of some of the ways that DFA would advocate for families during the current situation is there a theme coming through or just so people can know what exactly you can advocate on 
One of the things that I shared with, for example, with the minister's office this morning is that I said what a brilliant job so many of our defence community groups and centres are doing about moving their operations online. Because sometimes advocacy is not just about saying what's not working, it's about reinforcing what is working so that our stakeholders know what are valuable services and what we need to maintain our commitment to. So I reinforced what a wonderful job our grassroots groups are doing to make sure that they understand how important that is. And also a lot of what we're seeing is families who are separated from their ADF member are concerned about what this means for the future to be separated. And so that's one of the things I fed back. Now, Defence and the government, they are very acutely aware that that is a concern for families. And I guess it just adds to the importance of that, that I feed that back as well. DFA have delegates at various locations around the country. What are they doing at the moment obviously they're juggling their families as well but they're therefore ADF families what's happening with the delegates so you're right that the DFA executive are spouses and partners of current serving members so they are living this like other families and adjusting to new routines one of the things that our delegates are doing is that they are checking in with some of our members of our community such as our center coordinators just to offer a listening ear to be a safe space to talk through ideas and talk through what's happening and they're also keeping their ears to the ground is about what is most affecting our families and that gets fed back to me in Canberra so that I can pass that on to defence and our government and of course they are still advocating for families at an individual level but like I said before a lot of our individual advocacy does tend to be housing related and we can still do that for you. Can you send a message to all the defence families managing through COVID-19 crisis? What is your take on how families are um, coping with all of this? We've been having a series of what we're calling first five years webinars and Monday night was our Navy one. And I'd like to reiterate messages that were shared. And on that webinar was a head of people capability within defense and our deputy service chief for the Navy and uh, one of our chaplains. First message is if, if you really need to talk to someone and process how this is affecting you, call the Defense Family Helpline on 1800 624 608 and they're available 24 seven. And also if you have exceptional family circumstances please engage with the helpline or with defense so to get your ADF member to talk to their chain of command about your circumstances the other important avenue to be connected with is ForceNet, that it is a secure online communications platform that Defence have built, that there is a regular section and there's a families component. So one of the questions, we got a couple of questions on our webinar as to whether you actually have to be a recognised dependent to be allowed to have access to ForceNet, and you actually don't. It's the ADF member determines who is in their support circle. They can have a few people like that they can grant access to. So the ADF member does need to to grant you access. But because that's a secure platform, Defence are frequently putting messages out through there. And so families are really encouraged to get onto ForceNet. The other message that I want to send to our families is that we are on an operational footing. That requires a different mindset. And our military will likely be on this operational footing for possibly the next six months. 
So for me personally, as a Navy spouse, something that I was reflecting on over the weekend is that six months has been a Persian Gulf deployment for me. And my husband's done three of those in the last number of years. And so I've actually been thinking about what mindset and routines did I get into for those big deployments? And that's possibly, I think, helpful for families. The chaplain on Monday night, he actually suggested, he said to families, flip a switch in your head that this is now an operational footing. And so I'd really encourage families to think about what their mindset is, think about how they perhaps dealt with deployments, what mindset did they get into, what routines did they get into, and what of those might be applicable in this particular situation. So we've basically all been crash posted at the moment. Correct. Correct. (laughs) The whole country is dealing with uh, crash posting. And having to adapt very quickly that like you and I were talking about that, say from a Navy perspective, most deployments, you know, about a fair way in advance, you know, so that is, that is the tricky situation here is that we all had, we did all have to adapt very quickly. And doing a great job at it as well. As you mentioned recently, DFA have run a series of webinars that have proven extremely helpful for ADF families. And I guess are, something that kind of hasn't been done before and you were ahead of your time going online with the webinars before COVID-19. So can you tell us about those webinars and talk us through what they're about and how people can access those? So we're calling them the first five years webinars because it is about educating our fairly new families about what to expect in the first five years. And that's about getting them prepared for this life because defence is a unique life and it is important to understand what makes up that uniqueness. So that's where the history of that came from. So we, we held ones for each of the services. And so at on each of the webinar, we had the deputy service chief for that particular service talking about where you can expect to be posted, for how long for, how long is a posting, and also uh, about absences. Then we had DCO talking about the services that they can provide. And then we've had a chaplain from each of the services. And they talked about uh, how to improve communication really what tips about making sure you've got strong and healthy relationships in those first five years. And in light of the fact that you may encounter some challenges that you may not encounter out in the civilian space. And so what can you do to make sure that you have a strong and healthy relationship in those circumstances? At DFA, we talk about the idea of readiness, being ready for this life, to make sure that you really are in a position to thrive within these circumstances and have a thriving life. And I guess, of course, if people miss those webinars, they can watch them back by the Defence Families Australia website? Definitely. So the Air Force One is up on our website already at www.dfa.org.au. And the Army one is there too. And we're working on the Navy one today. That will be there very soon as well. And so have you got future plans for the webinars? We are floating around some ideas on that idea of the five-year chunks. We have thought about possibly even a last five years one, because that's actually equally important to think about what your life will be like outside of defense outside of this unique environment and getting ready for life outside of that environment. So that's one thing that we are thinking about. 
So if I could just add to everybody that particularly in this environment is to stay connected at this time, be connected. And there are quite a variety of ways to do that. Like we talked about with Forcenet, be connected on Forcenet, be connected with your local community group and center that many of them are coming online and doing activities and bringing some of those activities online, like even yoga classes online. There are ways to connect there. Our Facebook site, DCO's Facebook site, even the fact that you're listening to this podcast is great because it means that you are staying connected through another avenue. So now more than ever, that is important. And the other thing I guess I would also say is that my observation of Defence Families is that we are a resilient bunch that we are encountering circumstances that the average family doesn't move as much as what we do, doesn't encounter their family being separated for absences as much as what we do, and also absences that may not be regular. And also families also deal with our our members absent. They may actually be in a dangerous place. And we have to process that and get on with our lives knowing that danger that our ADF member is in. And so generally speaking, that does result in growth and in resilience. And so now more than ever, I ask our families, this is the time to draw on that, draw on that resilience that you know that you have to get through these next six months. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Marie, and talking us through what is happening with DFA at this time and how people can stay connected and how you can advocate for people during this time. I guess we can only hope that we can cope with this as best as possible with the backing of organisations like DFA. Welcome, Roz, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Obviously, you're a military spouse, a mum and a teacher, so you get what a lot of spouses are going through at the moment with uncertain times. Some of us are solo parenting with careers and juggling all that we juggle as spouses, you included as a teacher. So obviously, with everything that's going on at the moment with COVID-19 and schools closing or strongly suggesting that we go into self-isolation with schools providing online learning, the world has to keep turning to some degree and kids need to keep learning. Spouses can feel isolated and overwhelmed at the best of times. And something like this is just another thing we have to deal with, cope with, often on our own. So what do we do with our kids in isolation and online learning? How do we approach this? I think the first thing to remember is that we need to be there as the champions for our children. So whilst we recognise that this is about online learning and supporting our students if schools don't operate on the other side of the holidays... Children can't learn if they're feeling stressed out. Parents can't teach if they're feeling stressed out. So I think one of the great blessings in disguise from this is the opportunity to actually reconnect with our children, to rebuild those relationships with our children, and to actually check in with where they're at. And that needs to be done before we can proceed with any actual of the teaching and learning that we're wanting our kids to do at home. So in order to cope, be honest, be real, talk to your children, have a conversation about where they're at, what do they know, what do they understand? If they don't understand why they're going to be doing school at home, then they're probably not going to want to engage with it. So just have a chat with them first around what's actually going on. Also as well, kind of shield them from exactly what's going on, but give them enough information so they can understand why suddenly they're not going to school with their friends and seeing their teacher. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to make sure that everything that we're chatting about with our kids is, is age appropriate. And really the best people to know that are we as their parents. If you know that they're able to take on a little bit more of that 
information and understanding about what's going on. But if they're not, just talk to them about, well, you know, there's some things happening in the world at the moment that mean that we get to be really lucky and spend some extra time together. We get to do some schoolwork at home. So now I get to see how clever you are with what you're doing and I get to help you along the way with that a little bit. And even though we don't get to see our friends at school at the moment, there might be some ways that we can share what we're doing at home with our friends and the teachers at school could be helping with that. So long term, if our kids do end up having to do online learning for all of second term or even half, what kind of impact is that going to have on their education? It's hard to put a definite answer around that, but I think at the end of the day, we need to remember they're going to be okay. It's really important to know that they are going to be okay as long as they're continuing to engage with some schoolwork at home and whether that looks like them sitting down and being what we would consider to be an industrious student doing six hours of schoolwork every day, which is not what we're expecting them to do. Even if they're not doing that, as long as they're reading a book, doing some counting, um, if you're making dinner, get them in the kitchen and talk to them about which wooden spoon would I use? Am I going to use the big long one or am I going to use the short one? Well, I'm using the little pot so I could use the little spoon. Incorporating what we're doing into our everyday living, we can teach our children far more in our daily lives than what's necessarily written down into the curriculum and being prescriptive about it. Yeah, and I guess on the same note, if we're struggling with the online learning and navigating all that's required from a parent standpoint, should we be reaching out to the school on how we should be best carrying that out and we're having trouble navigating the online resources? What should we be doing? Your classroom teachers, I'm sure, will still be available to us as parents in one way or another. And generally these days, that's going to be through email first and if you're finding that as a parent you're struggling with how to actually connect with your student at home around a particular topic you're probably not the only parent so don't feel like reaching out and asking for support is the wrong thing to do it's definitely not because if it's difficult for one it's likely to be difficult for others so if we can connect with our teachers first maybe there's a way that they can be sharing with us some tips or some tricks on how we could be doing that at home with our students. What should we be doing at home to make online learning as successful as possible should we be setting up a dedicated space for learning like what should we be doing hey military wife life community i wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the defense bank foundation and the great work they're doing in the defense community the foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving adf members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder in 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. I think if we recognise within our own children that routine helps a lot, if you can set up a routine at home around when it's time to do schoolwork and when that's going to be finished, that's definitely going to help. It's going to be different for children to be doing school at home. They don't recognise home as a place of school-based learning. So if we can say, well, for the next however long that we're at home for, when we get told that, you know, in the morning from nine o'clock till 10.30, we're going to sit down and do some schoolwork together. Here's a clock. This is what it looks like when we start this is what it looks like when we finish give them a break every 20 minutes or so okay go get a drink of water move around and come back to the table but we're going to be learning during this designated time then afterwards we can go and play a game or kick the ball around or do a puzzle and no you can't have that 10th snack because you don't eat that much at school so why are you that hungry when you're at home <laughs> 
That's right. And even if you wanted to pack a lunchbox and say, okay, well, this is going to be your fruit break time. This is going to be your morning tea. This is your afternoon snack. And maybe we'll have lunch together because we are home and we have that opportunity. But set boundaries around all of those things because they will eat us out of house and home otherwise. That's for sure. Especially when you're on isolation rations. Like, come on, I don't want to go to the shops every three days. (laughs) No, I'm trying to avoid that. So what should we do if our kids aren't really interested in online learning and just won't do it for us? Because you know that, you know, kids listen to teachers more than their parents sometimes. So how do we navigate that? Have a look at what it is that the the lesson is actually trying to achieve and be a little bit creative. Maybe they don't want to sit down and they don't want to count how many blocks on the page but maybe they love their cars and maybe you can get out the cars and do a a race down the hallway and see who comes first or how many cars can we fit into this small little space or think outside the box of what is written on the paper but as long as you're teaching that basic essence if it's addition so how if I had five cars over here and six cars over there how many do I have all together just teach the basic essence of what you're looking for in the lesson and get the student engaged which is what teachers try and do as well if we can only do the bare minimum what are the key areas to stay on top of is it reading handwriting maths like if it's you know the case of doing a little bit is better than nothing like what should we be focusing on and I guess every school will hopefully be giving their parents a bit of a guide around what it is that their minimum expectations would be but in a general sense we'd probably find that some sort of reading every day some sort of writing every day and some sort of maths every day whether that be counting how many cups of rice go into the pot when we make dinner incorporating small aspects into everyday life is going to be enough to just keep the kids ticking along and it's really about making it work for your family and not sort of going off what other people are doing or if you see people uploading you know the 10 billion different craft projects they're doing and they're skyping into this and doing this virtual tour for this like just focus on what's best for your family and what you can manage for sure and as i said at the beginning i think it's about that relationship building and if the science lesson isn't working and you feel like they're going to get more out of joining into one of those online screens of the zoo or the animals, then do that. It's about that connection that you're still going to be able to teach your children by sharing that experience. And even though it's not necessarily the science lesson or the maths lesson, they're still learning, they're still gaining skills and knowledge and they're still thinking. For the older kids who can do online learning independently, how should we approach it with them? Like, do we need to be checking in on them or are there teachers checking them? their work online should we be still making sure that we sort of guide the older kids as well yes I think the same as what we would do for our younger students with setting up boundaries around how long we're going to be doing schoolwork for that definitely continues across for our older students as well obviously there's a little bit more flexibility in some of that independence of learning but check in with them what have you done today how do you feel that you went with that is there anything that you feel like you need some more support with was it a good idea to do 10 tiktok videos yeah yeah you know (laughs) Um, yes that's great counting but maybe not so helpful Um, (laughs) yeah it's great um, that it took you four hours to make that one 10 second tiktok video but was that really yeah that's right and and checking in so if they're doing powerpoint presentations or online delivery of content does it have to look so beautiful or is it more about the content um just some of those basic guidelines around making sure that they're focused on what the actual intent of the learning is Is there anything else that you would add as a teacher and i guess from spouse hat, teacher hat, just general juggling it all hat. I think at the end of the day, we have to be kind to ourselves and we can't wear too many hats all at once. So if we need to spend some time parenting, 
put the parenting hat on and say, okay, you know what? We're not going to do any schoolwork today. We're all feeling a little bit fragile. We're going to put a movie on. We're going to have popcorn and sit in our pyjamas and that's okay. But tomorrow, we're going to have to really get on with the job. So set those boundaries and parameters, but recognise as well that as parents, we're not trained to be teachers and teachers are not expecting parents to be teaching year 10 physics to their students. That's just not an expectation because... We all know that unless you're a rocket scientist, that's not going to be easy. So teachers are going to be providing parents with as much support as they can to assist their students at home. And it's okay if you have to go and do a Google search about what something means because, hey, teachers still do it too sometimes. So it's all okay. (laughs) It'll be okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ros, and shedding some light on how we should be approaching online learning and isolation with kids and all that comes with sudden change in circumstances for pretty much all of us at the moment. Here to talk to us about all things banking is Defence Bank CEO, David Marshall. Welcome, David. How are you? How are you going in isolation? Good. No, we're uh, real good here at Defence Bank and, you know, adapting to the new norm of working flexibly and um, a bit at home and a bit in our branches and a, and a bit here in head office. So we're in good shape. So firstly, can you talk us through how COVID-19 affects Defence Bank and banking in general? Yeah, look, a couple of things. I mean, I think the first thing is that everybody would be aware that banks have been deemed as essential services and therefore we play our part is uh, part of that. So I can say confidently all our branches are open open, contact centres open, our online channels, mobile app, online banking, etc. are all available and up and running in our in our support office area here back in Melbourne. We're running probably about 65% of our folk are actually working from home and we've got a core team here looking after home base. But so yeah, we're getting used to it and we're learning lots of things. It's, it is uncertain times, but it's also an opportunity and that's what we focused on. I guess obviously the information and device you give is, is what you're doing at Defence Bank, but a lot of banks would be implementing similar measures. So even if someone listening doesn't bank with Defence Bank, they can still take this information on board. In saying that, what can banking customers do if they have been impacted by COVID-19 and I guess are experiencing financial hardship? Look, in the case of Defence Bank, we've got a uh, designated area called Member Care, and that can be got to by emailing uh, membercare at defencebank.com.au, or you can call our contact centre or go into a branch, and, and we'll sit down with you and go through what your position is, how you may have been affected by the current crisis, and what's the best approach for you in your circumstances. And we, you know, we're small enough to do that in a very personalised fashion. So unlike the big banks, you know, we like to do that. So uh, one-on-one and uh, I would encourage people if they have got concerns about that to you know to reach out and, and we'll um, sit down with you and, and work through that. It'll come down to an individual like you mentioned an individual basis but in general terms if um, someone was looking at pausing a home loan or pausing home loan repayments how does that actually work like you you hear the Prime Minister talking about people being able to pause home loan repayments but what does that actually mean does it just mean that your loan just pauses for six months and then it just picks back up or how does that work there's a couple of options I guess and to put it really simply potentially if your circumstances necessitated it you can you could convert your loan from principal and interest payments to just interest payments 
for a period of time to get you back on track. And the result of that would be your, your monthly payments would reduce. In some cases, where you've got a loan that may be well in advance of its contractual loan repayments, and about 40% of our loans at Defence Bank, our members are ahead of their obligations, you may also consider a deferral of all payments for a period of time to allow members to get back on their feet. So that are the two options that would be the most likely if people were experiencing some form of, of hardship. Okay, so how does it work with interest only? So you agree with the bank to do interest only for a certain period of time. Then what happens? Do you then owe more on your, like, how does it work? Does the loan get extended or does it mean that your repayments go up when you go back to full payment? Every case is different, but no. Look, it would simply be, typically would just be, we would put a pause on the switch it from principal interest to interest for say three months or whatever it might be. Um, and then once that three months is up, then it would go back to, to principal and interest. I mean, basically the banks are in the business of wanting to help people people keep their homes or, or um, get them back in a, a good financial position. Yeah, that's exactly right. And look, every case is different uh, and everybody's circumstances are different. So, you know, we'll chat to those members and, and work out with them what the right approaches if they are experiencing some form of hardship. Obviously, it's good for people to know that, I mean, previous to COVID-19, they really didn't have to come into a bank. And now with the feeling of wanting to stay safe at home and um, I guess protect your family and, and do the right thing by being in self-isolation, you still don't have to come into a branch. There are other means for you to do your banking. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we're very proud of our, you know, our contact centre, our online banking and our mobile app, particularly the last the last capability is one of the best in Australia. So, you know, people can do their banking if they're not feeling comfortable about going into a branch or can't get there. All those services are available. So all your day-to-day, you know, banking needs can be dealt with that way. And For those that were looking at buying a house, maybe they've been saving for a fair while and because obviously military members jobs uh, are secure at this time and there's maybe they're still wanting to go ahead with purchasing what what is the process now for applying and seeing a lending specialist are they are both members of the couple needed to come into the branch do they need to come into the branch to get approved like what are banks doing in regards to lending and and COVID-19 actually nothing's changed I don't want to sort of make light of the current situation but you know our lenders are still fully accessible a contact centre you can also get a loan from there you know we're, we're trying to keep this as much as it's it's sort of hard to understand we're trying to keep this as sort of as normal as possible so you know obviously there are a number of people who are in the process of applying for a loan with our organization there are a number of people that have just bought a home or refinancing and all those sort of things are still going on and, and if people have any doubt that they must um, make contact with their particular lender that they spoke to or call our contact center and, and we'll make sure that we take them through that process but but, you know, we are still absolutely open for business and making sure that we um, comfort our members on the way through that journey because I know it's an uncertain time and that's what we're there for. So banks are still lending during this time. So if someone, you know, was just about to, to be approved for a loan, that hasn't changed. It's still something that they can still go ahead with. Absolutely. And and look, just as a borrower does, um, the bank has to obviously go through the right process and make sure that the borrower's you know, able to service the debts and things. You know, our job is to try and keep things very much on a steady keel and, 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 and keeping us pointing, heading north, I guess, and, and not creating unnecessary disruptions. So do customers need to be worried about interest rates going up? Are, are interest rates even affected by something like COVID-19? How does that sort of work? I've been doing banking for 35 years. It's been a long time. 
I've never seen interest rates with a two in front of them. And I think the prospects of interest rates um, going up in the short to medium term are very, very uh, remote. You know, I think the Reserve Bank very much still on a softening cycle. I think probably they're probably unlikely to, to cut rates too much more. But I think the, the posture will be to keep rates very low to allow the cushion and the recovery of the economy as we transition from the, you know, the health crisis into rebuilding the economy. One of the biggest transmitters of, of keeping an economy going and, and uh, household affordability and things will be keeping those interest rates low. So I, I can't see that changing any time soon. So I guess lastly, what is getting you through this uncertain time, what constants do you come back to in your life to get you through something like this? What gives me great strength is our wonderful people. And many of those people in, in our bank are spouses, partners, sons, daughters, grandchildren even of, of ADF personnel past and present. So, you know, we've got that strong connection and bond and, and they've been just absolutely, uh, I couldn't be prouder of them, how they've really, you know, rallied around in the, in the last few weeks to really get in behind our members and see us bridge to the, you know, to start moving towards that post-coronavirus world. And, and, and that's going to happen. And we want to be there as a strong, vibrant organisation. And, and that's where our minds are going now. All of our lives have changed in the last two or three weeks. And I think that's brought with it an opportunity to do different things things in our personal lives and to also you know do different things in our professional lives because we're being exposed to an environment that is completely unorthodox in terms of anything we've ever seen and I think we'll look back on this period with you know obviously a, a large degree of sadness in a way but on the other hand I think we're all if we approach this the right way are going to learn a lot as I've said a lot of our staff are connected to ADF personnel and you know we've put some special arrangements in place during this period for staff that are being impacted by this and, and I know that our staff really appreciate that but you know we also understand that it is unusual times and we just need to be flexible and and keep on our toes and, and make decisions you know sometimes be beats perfection you know and you've got to make decisions that are going to position you better always be constantly thinking on your feet about how we can do things better for our staff and for our members I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 